0: Church Charlotte, the Book of Mark, and we will start reading at Mark chapter number nine, verse number thirty-eight. Hopefully, you have your Bible with you in your lap. Um, I want to encourage you to uh, to feel free to underline things, to write in your Bible. I have uh, several Bibles over the years of my life that are marked up, and it's just a blessing to see how the Lord was uh, interacting with me where I was at that season of my life by the notations in the Bibles that I, I have studied in. All right, verse 38. Now John answered him saying, Teacher, we saw someone who does not follow us casting out demons in your name and we forbade him because he does not follow us. But Jesus said, do not forbid him for no one who works a miracle in my name can soon after speak evil of me. For he who is not against us is on our side for whoever gives you a cup of cold water to drink in my name because you belong to Christ. Assuredly, I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. Now I want you to notice this. Um, verse 38 to 41 is Jesus warning against us, uh, intentionally seeking distinction and division among ourselves, but rather striving as much as we can to try to get along with other people, um, even if they are different from us. What is the only point of unity here? The name of Jesus. That's the point of unity. Um, there, this stranger is doing something in the name of Jesus. And Jesus seemingly doesn't know about him. But the power of Jesus is not just resident in his person, but it is a statement of understanding authority when you are able to speak the name and receive, as it were, a sense of obedience from the spirit world. This is the same idea, you will remember, of the centurion who asking Jesus for healing of a cherished servant. Um, Said, look, I understand authority. Uh, all you have to do is send word. And my, I believe it's a servant, either a servant or his daughter, uh, she will be made, she will be made whole or he will be made whole. And this is a perfect example of understanding authority. And the centurion says, I, this is how my whole world works. If I say do, it's done. I don't actually have to be there. Uh, it's done on my, um, orders. It's the same principle here. Someone is invoking the authority and the spiritual power of the name of Jesus. And in some way, it seems to be having a spiritual influence or spiritual impact of where it's happening. Well, the disciples, the disciples don't like this at all. They spend most of their time, it seems, um, trying to figure out how they can be the top of this organization. And the last thing they want is more competition. (laughs) They want to be in charge. They want to be in control. They don't want to share authority. Um, And Jesus says something here at this moment, at this time, that is seemingly in the face of another passage where, if we are to understand it, We would think of the scripture where Jesus says, if you are not for me, then you are against me. Now, here he says, if you are not against us, you are for us. Um, There is a lot of valuable and profound study that can be done here. Whenever you find a seeming contradiction in the scripture, uh, there is, in my opinion, a great wealth. It is though you have struck a vein of gold. And if you will invest yourself, you will find the profound power of the word of God that speaks over generations to generations. We go to the Bible at all. I want all, all of us to remind ourselves of this regularly. Why do we go to the Bible and say here in this book? We are going to seek wisdom. We're going to seek a way to God. We're going to seek the nature and heart of God. And we're going to let this book be a final word in our life. Why do we do that? Yes, there is faith involved. Uh, You cannot serve God without faith. That includes believing the word of God, but there's more than that. And all the annals of human history and all the literature of our history's pens and everything that's been said, everything that's been done, everything that's been written. The good, the bad, the ugly, the indifferent. There's nothing like the Word of God, which over 2,000 years, 66 different books, managed to, to hold a consistent theological theme, a consistent redemptive purpose, and be threaded through it all with the witness of its truth and risked all its credibility on. Mountain after mountain of prophecy, any one of which would have destroyed its credibility. And yet the Bible is still the top of the heap and everything that's ever been said about the ways of God, the way to God, insight into the nature of the human heart, vision into the reality of evil, understanding into the contest of potential futures that exist within the human heart, the good, the evil. The right, the wrong, the life-giving, the death-dealing, DC. It's all right here in this book. There's nothing else comparable. Find your favorite critic. Hold that critic up to one-tenth the standard people hold this Bible to and watch the critic fall apart. Find your favorite cynic. Hold that person up to one-tenth the criticism and the critique that this Bible has endured and watch them fall apart. And this Bible has done it over hundreds of generations, thousands of years risking it all in the credibility of its prophecy. And it stands alone. That's why we go to the word of God. So when we read this, we want to try to understand. You see, we we want to we want to try to stop with me this, me that, I think this, you think that. Let's get to the word of God. And here you see this strange passage where Jesus, excuse me, seems to contradict something he had said earlier, those who are not for us are against us versus if they are not against us, they are on our side. The difference, and I don't have time to get into this tonight, but the the profound difference here is the timing and the subjects. All right. So in this issue, they're using this stranger is using the name of Jesus and in some way having a spiritual impact Enough to irritate the disciples, but he's operating in the name, do you see? And Jesus is like, let that go. Uh, In other passages where Jesus says, if you're not for us, you're against us. The issue is not what we can do through the name of Jesus. It is whether or not Jesus (laughs) is the name we should be invoking. I want you to see that difference. So, once we can agree, and this is so important against churches that love to find fault with other groups and whatnot, and there's it's very much a personality thing. Uh, different people feel like that's how they, they make a broken world whole is by, uh, you know, <laughs> filling the land with theological war. Um, if we can agree on the name of Jesus, we have, we, we have some spiritual foundations in common, do you see? If we can agree on the name of Jesus, we have some uh, covenant inheritance in common. <laughs> if we can agree on the name of Jesus, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I can, I can, I can see. I, I don't have to try to control you. I don't have to make an enemy out of you. But if what you are trying to do is to stop the redemptive work or the knowledge of Christ as our Redeemer, then I cannot have. Unity with you, unless there is, unity is a misleading word. I cannot have a kind acceptance of you. Maybe that's not helpful either. Uh, I think we should be kind even when we are not accepting. So I cannot accept your way if you're not going to agree on um, Christ as our redemptive hope, Christ as the door. To eternal life but this is jesus warning his disciples against getting sidetracked um the, the the there is in all ministry uh whenever there is an organization of churches or pastors there is a competition between uh how shall i how shall i say this and not get myself in trouble um, there is a competition between the spiritual and the career this isn't all bad um, churches are organized where pastors can give their life to the teaching of the word. I'm, I receive a full time income from the church. Um, I'm benefited and honored to do that, uh, to be included in that way in the work of God. But as organizations come together, it's almost, you get in the situation of where the spirit's blowing and who won the vote. Okay. Um, we organize for purpose. We, um, And so organization well done is a blessing. Um, Organization can be oppressive and controlling. And there are any number of church history stories where that happened. Um, It is not my intent to talk about that so much as to have an openness in our heart to if somebody, even if they're not like us in every regard, if they can agree on the name of Jesus, I don't have to try to rebuke them. If they have a master. They can be left in the hands of that master. Can I teach them? Yes, but not through dominance. I have to teach them through leading and, and, and the kindness of Christian charity. I can't teach them through dominance. Um, by now you know that I I value this very much as a foundation for creating Christ-like community. Um, there are churches that are rather famous for how Ugly they are and harsh they are. That's not our style. There are some other churches uh, in the area. I'm sure that would be honored to have you if that's what you want. Um, they probably need you if that's what you want because they're probably having a hard time getting anybody. Um, so you might would be a great blessing to them. But this passage here is is Jesus saying, "Look, he can't speak against me when he's speaking in my name. Do you see? So he's not your enemy. Just leave him alone. Just." L- l- let it be what it's going to be, and this is uh, the word of Jesus, but Jesus doesn't stop talking, and that's what I want to emphasize to you so strongly in this passage right here. Jesus is saying, leave that guy alone. He can't really do, can't be that much against me if he's doing spiritual, making spiritual effort in my name, and that's where he said here, Um <laughs> do not forbid him. No one who works a miracle in my name can soon after speak evil of me. So let him do his thing. Uh, But he does not stop. He does not stop. They want to talk about whether or not they can shut people up. That's that's what they want to talk about. Verses 38 through 40 is them asking whether or not they can shut people up. Lord, will you put us in charge down here? That would be awesome if you just, Lord, uh, we know how to save this world better than you, Lord. And if you just would put us in charge... We could get some real things done. We just need your power. Um, and then, you know, let's be honest. All this business about uh, laying your life down for others, that's, that's not what you need. What you need is power. And since you don't know how to manage your power, Lord, if you just give it to us, we could save you. You need us. We could save Jesus. It's upside down. It's absurd. Uh, Jesus doesn't give him his power because the moment they had his power, they would make a hell of the kingdom of heaven. There is no love, but there is power. So uh, he instead does not stop talking. He doesn't let them have a breath. He keeps right on going as if to say, you're worried about this. Let me tell you what you should be worried about. Now, remember that you're you're, you're worried about this. Now, let me tell you what you shouldn't be worried about. Verse 42, (laughs) that whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck or he were thrown into the sea. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter into life maimed rather than having two hands to go to hell into the fire, which shall never be quenched, where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. And if your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It's better for you to enter life lame rather than having two feet to be cast into hell into the fire that shall never be quenched. 46, where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. My, my Jesus, are you going to repeat yourself as though we're hard-headed and we don't get what you're trying to say? If your eye does not cause, if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. It's better to better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into hellfire where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched for everyone will be seasoned with fire. And every sacrifice will be seasoned with salt. Salt is good. But if the salt loses its flavor, how will you season it? Have salt in yourselves and have peace with one another. Mind blown. What do they want to talk about? Lord, can we straighten people out? And the Lord says, leave him alone, but while we're on the subject, remember, they're they're walking to Calvary. Jesus is delivering the big ideas. He's laying at home. He is cutting to the quick. He says, let me tell you guys what you should be worried about. Rather than shutting down what somebody's trying to do in my name, you ought to worry about offending little ones. You ought to worry about killing something that is just being born in the spirit. You need to worry about having attention on others rather than on you. That's what you ought to worry about. And your attention on yourself should be so focused and so intent that if your hand is the problem, if your eyes the problem, if your foot is the problem, guys, what you want to do is regulate let me tell you what you ought to do. You ought to repent. Stop worrying about others. It might be something you in them. They might be weak. They might be beginning. Now, now, are you starting to see the weight with which Jesus enters this subject to his disciples? Can you sense the momentous, uh, the, the, the heaviness of this moment? Jesus is straight preaching conviction right here. He is not making it straight. What did they want to talk about? God, we need to put the beat down on some folks. Would you please put us in charge? We will, we will take names and chew bubble gum. <laughs> and we're all out of bubble gum. <laughs> um, forgive me. Sometimes I entertain myself. Uh, <clears throat> this is what we want to do. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. All right. I'm glad you brought this up. I have something I wanna to talk to you about. Can't you mind your own business? So now <clears throat> I was asked, uh, I actually talked about this again today, but I was asked about uh, the revival and I've told a little bit about this before in Ash, Asbury. Um, and I don't know if um, revival is the right description. I don't know if it's in the spiritual awakening, it's people with zeal. Um, I don't know if it's tapering off. I'm sure it's tapering off some. Um, I don't know what the status is of it. But um, I was exposed to uh, a dear brother who was just offended that these people were having it. And he was, and don't don't you hate when people tell you what they think first and then ask you what you think? But because it puts you on the horns of a dilemma. (laughs) It's like they tell you, uh, who they voted for? The other guy's an idiot, et cetera, et cetera. They go on and on. And then they ask you who you voted for. And you out. hopefully we voted for the same guy because you already put me on a spot on the spot here. Um, so Asbury, this uh, I was kind of put on the spot, and I had I knew that this guy had put some stuff online, or this is actually uh, connected through people we know type thing. So I was asked about it, and um, my res- my my first response is this. Because remember, I already knew what the going trend was that they were against it, but what they had posted on Facebook, blah, blah, blah. And so I didn't know how to answer it without, you know, stirring up a hornet's nest, which you guys know me. I'm so darn sweet. Forgive me for cussing. But Christina got it started. Um I'm I'm so sweet. I don't know, I don't hardly do anything like this, but um <clears throat> I said, Well, I I imagine, I imagine that if I you know, started Google stalking them and watching. I could find some stuff I don't like, but the truth is I've got so much I have to work on on myself that once I get done worried about whether or not I'm getting it right, maybe I could ask myself whether or not I think Asbury's getting it right. But (laughs) since I'm not even sure if I'm getting it right yet, I'm just going to keep trying to get it right here. And then, then maybe once I get myself sorted out, I'll worry about what's happening in Asbury. Which was actually a a good answer the Lord gave me to kind of not have. I actually told another pastor about that today. Um, Here's the thing. I want to regulate. I want to stop people because the kingdom is about me having, not the world being made whole. It's the unspoken logic underneath their uh, pettiness. Who's going to be the greatest? That's the first argument. He rebukes him. Well, okay, so if we can't argue over who's the greatest, can we at least tell other people they're not going to be the greatest? So help us, God. Uh, Jesus won't even let him do that. He's like, look, if they're not against us, they're for us. And the uniqueness of they're doing things in the name of Jesus. (laughs) Um, So here's what you ought to worry about. How's your soul doing Uh, I know you found out about the secret sin of somebody in the church and you've been just happy as you can be ever since you found out because all of a sudden you have something to talk to your friends about. But how are you doing with secret sin? I deeply believe that a person who rushes to expose somebody else's secret sin had better not have any secret sin in their life. Because if you want to motivate God to air your dirty laundry... Um, go fuss around with other people's dirty laundry. Isn't it fascinating that some of the people who um, are the quickest in that regard have lives that really can't afford to throw stones because they themselves live in glass houses. Um, I want to get this right. Uh, As much as in us lie, as much as in us lie, we're going to try with the help of God to have a certain... Acceptance, if not approval, because those are very different things. Acceptance in our heart of anyone who is, they they, they agree on Jesus as redeemer. They could cry with us, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy. They could pray with us. We repent of our sins, Lord Jesus. We ask for your covering over us. They could stand with understanding when we dedicate children They could stand in agreement as we take vows before God and men in marriage. They could identify with us. They may have a different theological inheritance, a different selected favorite. Every Christian group has favorite scriptures that they emphasize over the others, and that gives them a little bit different, how shall we say, feel and emphasis. Um, It takes a lot of discipline to let scripture in, uh, divide scripture and not just to pick the scripture that matches personality because the way of carnal Bible study is to pick the scriptures that match your personality and celebrate those above others. Um, it's much more discipline to let scripture interpret scripture and stand before it and say, I will not add to it. I will not take away from it. I will not decide whether or not God needs me to make it clear. He knew what he was writing. I'm going to study. I'm going to let scripture bring light on scripture. And it takes a lot of discipline to do that. But if anybody is able to agree with us on this source of life issue, in Christ, we are made new. In him, we move, we live, move, breathe, have our being. we worship. Um, we're gonna we're gonna accept them even if we don't approve of their extended doctrines, because it's gonna have a hard time speaking against Jesus when they're speaking in His name. You see, rather than that, rather than being the church, world police, um, we're going to continually be going back to self-discipline and tolerance for the young and tolerance for the weak notice this whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble children represent the weak they represent the young uh they represent forgive me for saying this but it's ever so true the incompetent they aren't ready to face the world They can't pay the rent. I hope you make them do chores because that's the only way they're going to be worth anything for the rest of us. (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? I was a child. I was the incompetent. I was the one who couldn't pay rent. Someone took care of me. So it is. People coming into God's house in many ways are the same way. If you want to see the heart of an organization, look how they treat their weakest, most vulnerable people. Um, I'll take it a step farther. If you want to see the heart of the church, look how they treat the people on the edges of the church who are almost at times embarrassing because they don't know how to act. They don't have an inheritance of righteousness. They are do if you run those people off, that reveals your heart. There's a joke that goes around about every church has a little bit of crazy I thank God for the, the, the churches that don't have to run off the week. They're never going to, they're, they're like Mephibosheth. They're always going to walk with a limp. But we love them. We put up with them. They embarrass us sometimes. True story. They don't know how to dress appropriate. They don't know how to act appropriate. They, I could, I won't even go. there. We reveal our heart by how we treat our most vulnerable people. So i got to wrap up. I've got a new goal where I try to not go over 30 minutes. Yes, that sound you heard, that shouting, that screaming, that was my wife in the other end of the house, shouting and screaming, running in circles, shouting that hair down, trying to stay at 30 minutes. The young, we do not offend thee. Rather, focus on yourself and look at what's holding you back. And here's the lesson of discipleship. You will have more disciples by showing them yourself working on yourself than you will have hiding yourself and lording over them. Because the face of false religion from the oldest story of humanity is that the people in charge are always hiding themselves, what they really do, what they really think, not showing them. Selves working toward righteousness you want to show the world something show them you praying saying god i've got to be better than i've been show the world show your children you fasting saying i'm not content with this flesh that's cropping up so all right <clears throat> i want us to take a moment here i want us to uh, pray together uh, there is a lot more that could be said but my 30 minute rule is kicking in very very hard um, I want us to take some moments here and let's let's just take a moment and reflect together. We're going to pray together and then we're going to do Q&A. If there's any questions um, from you, you have the next couple minutes to type it. And um, if I don't get any, uh, I may make a couple up that I would ask if I was on the other end of this. Um, but we're going to end at 30. Lord, Help us to live out this teaching in Mark chapter number nine. Lord, help me as a pastor never to get so caught up in the career side of ministry that I I in some way begin to walk with that sense of the man in charge. I think you hate that proud look, Lord. And it's not about a false humility and walking around with a false. Real humility is not revealed by The pretense of humility, real humility, is revealed when you're questioned or you're challenged or you're criticized. What do you do in that private moment? Whether or not you can take it to prayer and say, God, is there any truth in this? Can I learn something from this? Or whether or not you just cut them off and declare them dead to you and move on. Uh, Lord, I've got to get that right. And I need your help to do it. Uh, We don't want our, our, our team, our extended teams, our extended talent, we, we have a ton of talent in um, both locations, just really, really talented people. Lord, um, oh, don't ever let us walk around like we're the talent team, we're the varsity squad. That proud look's not gonna get us anywhere we need to be. Instead, let us be aware that it's an honor to be included in your kingdom. And we will create more disciples by showing people how we empty ourselves before you and we seek your righteousness. We'll we'll create more disciples doing that than we will by hiding our own struggles uh, and pretending like we don't have them. Um, It's almost like if you wanna kill the effectiveness of a church in the community, let the community get a whiff of self-righteousness from that church or even some version of contempt, sneering, it's like from that moment on, that church has—it's—it's—it's it's, like someone flipped a switch, and once the community around you fills your contempt, you lose your chance to have any impact upon them. So, Lord, let us learn from this passage here, Mark chapter number nine. <clears throat> let us learn uh, how to humble ourselves. Correct ourselves and when we deal with others we have a tremendous compassion and a, co- a tremendous care and Lord forgive me for the times where I've because of my excuses I was too tired I was too distracted I I was in for whatever reason I came across impatient there's people who I've offended because I was too tired it was the wrong time I, and I snapped and I I, uh, forgive me Lord I, I, I've I asked them to forgive me in years past but I, I continually repent as a reminder to myself of what I'm capable of and with your help I will do better and not to have those same Type of errors uh, particularly with the weak the young I don't want to have a millstone ministry in Jesus name amen uh, All right, um, I see no questions. Uh, I'm gonna take that as a sign that I have thoroughly threshed this floor. Um, I'll just circle back to this. Um, When do we uh, rebuke? When do we rebuke? Um, Because that's the obvious question, right? Uh, When do we speak up? I would need a whole Bible study for that, but I'm just going to give you a quick overview on that. Um, The first question is always, is this within the realm of your uh, influence at best or jurisdiction? Um, If someone is just saying something out um, and you have no jurisdiction there, um, I don't know that there's anything gained by having it out with them. Um, I, I want to leave room for the fact that there are some people who have an ability and they might there might be a place for that particularly if it's done with discipline um, but we have to learn the art of disagreeing without making enemies and um, one of the best ways you can do that with people is when they're making strong statements you can reveal to them um, how little they know by two things that I have used for years, and um, it's it, it's basically uh, what they teach in school—the Socratic method—and uh, uh, some version would go like this: When everybody's making somebody's making big statements, rather than telling them they're wrong, what you what the best thing to do is to find the assumption in their big statement and ask about that. And the way my Two ways to do that is ask them to define what they mean by their words. Like, everybody, you won't, let me try to give you an example here. Um, That is not the truth. Well, what what do you mean by truth? See, because if we're not, we don't agree on meanings, we're just wasting our time arguing. And then secondly, you've asked them for definition, and then you ask them how they know that. And you'll find with all false doctrine, they will trace back to a scripture that is being misread, misused, misinterpreted, taken out of context, directed to the wrong audience. It'll always go back to a scripture that's being misused. Remember, the person who loves to use scripture is the devil. (laughs) He's not the only one. But just because a person's using scripture does not mean they are humbling themselves before the scripture, asking honestly, is this to me? Is this to an Old Testament tribe? Where does this fit? What does the scripture say on this subject? And you'll find they aren't. So anyway, there are times to disagree, particularly in your jurisdiction, and like for example, if I'm at my neighbor's house and he's saying something, I may let it slide. But if he's in my house saying something in front of my kids, I may not. Um, I think that's helpful. Um, and uh, the the second the second issue of of w- when we should speak, um, if we're asked. That's different. But if we're not being asked and we're just speaking up, um, I think it's there's some wisdom in um, understanding our role, our jurisdiction there, and letting that letting that guide us. Um, the final thing I would say is you may have a gift for debate, and you might theoretically um, have good come out of it, particularly in a student forum. Um, I think that's one of the most accepted places for debate um, but the last thing in that regard would be I know of very very few people who have been brought closer to God or a church family by debate you could be the exception but that's um That's the case. Um, Pastor Don writes, I feel there is a book or at least a message series on this topic of acceptance, not approval. This is one of the big lessons I've learned and adopted First Church, amen. And again, I say amen. Um, I wrote a book (laughs) entitled Influence, Leading Like Jesus. And I did a whole chapter (laughs) entitled acceptance, not approval, but you're right. It is the lesson that keeps on giving. And we have to we have to continually revisit it. It's one of the, the themes of the First Church team that you will hear us saying. Uh, and C3 too, uh, you'll hear us uh, saying over and over again. All right. Lord, I pray you'd be with your people. I pray you would walk with them. I pray that they would grow in favor, grow in knowledge, grow in purpose. Lord, I pray that we would have um, a sense of mission with the coming of Easter. I pray that all of us who are strong believers would would not be willing to celebrate alone in this regard, but that we would take a chance and put ourselves out there and include others. Um, Lord, I'm going to invite my friends to Easter. I'm going to, I'm going to figure out a way to let any of them know anybody who comes, I'll I'll take them out to dinner or something. We'll figure something out. Uh, let all of us, particularly as strong believers, particularly as leaders, um, we can't. We can't be satisfied with a form of godliness that does not include the mission. And sometimes we'll be so careful about some detail of Christian living and we'll live our whole life and not connect with people around us. God, let the mission consume us. Let us be the answer to your prayer requests just as you are the answer to our prayer request. Our prayers are endless and you're the answer. You only had one prayer request, that laborers would be sent forth. So I'm praying today that we would have within our hearts a consuming desire to be missional in our Christianity, to be missional in our following after you, to be missional in including others in the celebration of the central core theme of Christianity, which is Resurrection Day. We worship you. We bless you today, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We will have two services on Easter. We could not fit in one. It would be a clown show to have all of us in there on Easter. Um, we can do. We can do one service on Sundays where we think it's going to be a little bit less, um, but there will be two services on Sunday. We'll also having a service at C three on Sunday. Um, and uh, any of you who want to kind of see what's going on over there, Easter would be a great day to come over there. Um, we're doing a combined service with the Spanish congregation over there. We will have an interpreter. Uh, uh, pastor Tito is the worship pastor over there. Um, he is the best interpreter that I have ever heard. Uh, and I'm excited to have him interpret for me um, because He's so good. He can almost like sit in the pocket behind you and you don't even have to stop and wait. You know, most preachers are like hallelujah and amen. And then the interpreter goes on for seven minutes and you're like, I said all that. He can just like sit in that pocket and just keep moving with you. And so I'm I'm excited about that. That's gonna be a fun day. Um, and that place is gonna be packed out too. It'll only seat about a hundred comfortably and it, it'll be fun. So, all righty. God bless you. Remember. Almost every morning of the week, six thirty to seven thirty, prayer. The links are on the website. Um, Monday night, Pastor Anthony breakthrough. Tuesday night, Pastor Lisa. uh, I do Wednesday night Bible study. Uh, Don does house to house Thursday night. Almost every night of the week, we have an opportunity for you to connect with people of faith. Um, We love you. God bless you. Have a great week in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to First Church Charlotte.
1: If this podcast has blessed you, please rate it with four or five stars. By doing so, you will help others find our free podcast